your host, TJ Buffenbarger. Hello, world. Welcome to another edition of the TJSlideways.com podcast. Going outside the box a little bit this week with a couple of interviews. The first being Saturday's boss, feature winner at the Fremont Speedway, Dustin Ingle, talking about his first career victory. And then later, uh, my pseudo neighbor, Jay Steinbeck, joins us to talk about a second place run at I-96 Speedway to give our local audience a little bit of uh, material on the podcast this week. So Dustin Ingle and Jay Steinbeck featured on this edition. But before we get into it, don't forget to support our loyal sponsors, All-Star Performance, Engine Pro, and Maxim Chassis. Now, getting into Dustin's story, Dustin Ingle was featured for the first time really here on TJSlideways.com under none of the best circumstances because he was giving us an update on his condition after being airlifted out of Waynesfield Raceway Park. It was a very scary incident back in 2013. We were more than happy, though, to talk to him later that year and get an update on how he was doing. Uh, the conversation we had on Monday night much more enjoyable following his feature win. We talk about how uh, he fell victim to the same uh, problem we have with a lot of first-time winners, that uh, the interview is kind of, uh, he's so dazed that the interview kind of goes into nowhere and doesn't remember what to say and uh, other things like that, along with uh, what his plans are for the rest of the 2020 season. So without further ado, here is Dustin Engel. Dustin Ingle, we were joking before we started recording tonight that it it only took like seven or eight years of sprint car racing for you to become an overnight success and get your first feature win over the past weekend. So congratulations, man. It's well deserved. Yes, thanks. Well, let's talk a little bit about what happened on Saturday because uh, I think it was fitting that you really had to earn this thing. I mean, uh, starting off, you're in the lead, but you lost the lead and you had to get it back. How did you keep your, your mind in the game once you lost the lead to be able to, to get back to the top spot? Um, we had an awesome car. I knew I, I mean, I just felt that it, uh, it was, it was plenty good enough to win and, I wasn't going to be denied to win. I was, uh, once he got around me, I knew the top always takes a couple laps after a caution to get going again. And I just kept stuck with it and figured if I rode it out long enough, it would come back to me. And we had enough laps left and it did. And when you crossed the finish line, was it more excitement, maybe sense of relief after all this time to get that, that first victory off, off your, off your chest there and finally get it under your belt? It started as relief. Definitely. I was, uh, I I saw uh, somebody peek under me there at the line. Later, found out it was Dallas, um, and I I thought it was. I thought, man, he's got to run. I'm I'm done right now. This is, this is terrible timing. And uh, those disappeared, and I I got away from him. And I just they said it was a sigh of relief to finally close on it. And then uh, I could still see my crew guys standing in the backstretch coming down the backstretch. It was pretty awesome to to see them clapping and celebrating. So it just. Uh, it was actually hard to kind of speechless when I got to victory lane, didn't really know what to, what to say or 
what to do at that point. Well, you're now Never had that experience. Before, you're you're so. not <laughs> yeah, you're not alone in that. Everyone thinks that the first time we is going to be the most awesome interview they've ever had. I always tell people <laughs> generally the people win their first career feature are the worst interview you're ever going to have until about two or three days later, because in that yeah. moment it, you're so shell shocked. At least from my history of interviewing people, that you usually are kind of like so stunned you don't know what like you think about in your head what you're going to do, but it never turns out that way, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I uh, I got a car and I, I never thought once about thanking anybody or any of that stuff. And I just I got done and I, I'm glad a couple of my sponsors were there. So it was nice to be able to actually thank them face to face after the race is over. So that, that definitely made up for not, not uh, talking about them on the front stretch. But I, like I said, it's, it's those things that you never think about is how you, how you got there, I guess. And when in that moment, it's hard to remember all that and be able to talk about it well I, I can tell you from being in a lot of victory lanes it, get easy, it gets easier the more you do it and I, and I think you really this year you've been knocking on the door of nearly getting this win a good part of the season it seems like as I get up in the morning and I'm processing through the results of the night it seems like I've seen your name in the top of the order a lot more often this year what do you think's made the difference this season even with the late start it seems like you've been sniffing around the front a, you know you You've always been like a top ten car, so but you've been really sniffing around the front a lot this year. Yeah, we um uh, we changed our motor program this year. Uh, kind of got hooked up with Kissler, that helped a ton having a little extra horsepower in the bank. Um, just figuring the car out and being able to stay in a car more often, I guess, and get some laps. Um, it's been it's definitely been this year's kind of things have fallen into place a little better. We've actually started to understand the car a little better and that definitely helps. But like I said, I'd say overall not being underpowered is, is huge. So, it's kind of interesting to see you been in the car more this year because you're you were a guy that kind of started out in sprint cars when Waynesfield really started getting going with the nominee sprint car program. How much do you think that maybe has impacted the sprint car scene in your area not having that local Waynesfield show to rely on every Saturday? I don't know. Uh, I everywhere we go, it seems like there's uh, outside of Fremont, there's always a. I mean, there's a full field there, but I mean, we ran Friday night at Gas City, and there was 42 cars there for USAC. I mean, there's there's just seems like right now everywhere I've been, there's 30 to 40 seems to be the norm, and I, I, there, I, I don't know. At, at the end, Waynesfield was down to 15, 20 cars most of the time. So I don't know where I don't know where where they've went or what's going on, but. It doesn't seem to really affect it if you don't mind driving a couple hours. Oh, no, not outside of the Waynesfield area, but like right in that area. I always thought that was odd that dried up so fast. It was like it was like it was starting to really take off and then it was just like poof, it was gone. I'm like, but uh, you're one of the guys and a few others that have stuck it out. What have you learned by having to be forced into traveling a little bit more? What have you gained from that? Um, I've gained a lot of experience as far as reading racetracks. I mean, it's. Um, you go to different places and they react different. You can see different things and you pick up on little stuff on what the dirt's doing. And uh, I, I know that's something we've been able to really, really pick up on. And racing with uh, USAC caliber guys makes you just step your game up in general. I mean, you you know you've got to have that new tire. You know you've got to have the shocks. I mean, it's just it just shows you what you have to have to be competitive. And uh, I know it's definitely helped me step my game up. And that's the traveling part isn't real easy with family, but it's it's. Uh, we worked around that pretty good, seems like, this year. I was going to say, every photo I've seen this year, your son's right next to you. You know, getting ready. You know, there's yeah. lots of real cool, cool photos of you and your kid. How awesome. Was he there on Saturday? Was he able to partake in the celebration? 
actually wasn't. That's the second race he's missed this oh, year. Oh, um, no. They had some stuff going on, so he wasn't there. Um, my wife was there Friday night, but she wasn't there live. She wasn't there Saturday night either. So it was just kind of a – it was – I was a little bummed, but I, I uh, called them as soon as I got back to the trailer and talked to him for a little bit. And, um, when I – we laid the trophy on the table when I got home. He woke up the next morning, come downstairs, and it was just awesome to talk to him about it the next morning. I was, I was going to say, probably you had your own victory celebration the next morning. Well, just more motivation sure to get did. the second one because then he, he had to do one when he's there. So that's <laughs> – that is a bummer, though. Yeah. I just saw those pictures the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, man, I hope it's like I can see it. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, you're a product of the Lima area, which is a, a kind of a sprint car hotbed, I should say. There's a lot of racing in the area. Um, were you pretty much a product of like the karting scene out there? How did you get involved? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I ran go karts since I was ten or ten years old or so. Um, I uh, kind of got started through uh, Cub Bird. They used to prepare Waynesfield. He kind of got me got me hooked on the sprint car thing and got me started into it. And helped me with my first car and stuff. Kind of got us going. And ever since then, it was game over. So <laughs> it's amazing how that happens. And do you, do you still run any carts indoors or anything during the off season? No, uh, we, uh, run a micro sprint over at Fort Wayne the oh, last okay. couple of years. I actually picked one up in the off season. We plan to run through the in the racing season. We plan on running it again next year at Fort Wayne or this year at Fort Wayne, if they haven't. So that's always, that's always kind of cool to see guys that pick that up. seems like a lot of karting guys venture that way. And that's their, their indoor fix for the winter. It seems like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Keeps, pretty... keeps your foot in there, keeps your head in the game, keeps your keeps you just in it. That's cool. I I don't want to bring up bad memories, but the first time you were featured on this website was because you scared the bejeebas out of all of us for a little bit there. And uh, I actually I actually through your sister actually ended up finding out that you're actually healing up quite well. You gave us quite a scare at Waynesville a couple of years ago when you had a really nasty crash, had to be airlifted out of there. Um, what did you have to do mentally to be able to bounce back from something like that? Because you're in the, you were back in the car within a year, it seemed like, and right back at it. Yeah, uh, actually, what what progressed me the most was crashing again. Uh, <laughs> once I crashed again, and I was all right. Uh, that seemed to help a lot. Uh, it took me when I got back in the car, I couldn't really get around anybody. It just it just natural reaction kind of pulled me away. Um, then we finally got upside down again and everything was fine and then it just kind of it took me a while to get back to being competitive again but it was still it was much easier after after crashing believe it or not that's really i've never heard at least anyone admit that but that is really fascinating like it just so it took falling off the bike again basically to be able to go hey i can ride this thing full speed again yeah basically Wow, you guys are all wired differently. That's why I write and you guys drive. So <laughs> it's like, so uh, Dustin, what's the plan for the rest of the year? Things are winding down. Are you going to try to hit any late season shows around the area this year? Or are you just going to, are you starting to wind things down? Um, we have uh, Gas City Friday night, uh, their last race. And then uh, we're planning to go down to Tennessee for the boss race. Oh, they got a two day yes. show down there. So. so. Then that'll close our season out. What what would it mean to you to get a non-wing sprint car win in Indiana? I know you're an Ohio guy and, and Fremont is special, but to go in the heart of non-wing racing, because you've been doing a lot of gas city stuff lately, what would it mean to win a feature over there for you? 
I honestly, after Wainfield closed up, I figured Gas City would be the place I picked up my future win. I mean, we've run third, fourth, fifth, uh, four or five different times over there. Been very competitive all night long. And, um, I never dreamed that Fremont would be the first place I'd win a feature that for sure. But uh, I, uh, like I said, I, I would I would love to win over there. I mean, that would be that would that would definitely put the icing on the cake for that. And it's just it's so funny to to see you uh doing this and yeah it's really neat because I, I usually when we feature someone and they've had a big crash or something like that we're usually not talking to them like eight or nine years later winning so this is a really i felt like this is like closure on the story a little bit it's like we got to do this and and talk and i'm glad we got to talk about this because uh i think it's a great story and i wanted to bring it to everyone and uh i was glad that you're able to to make it some time for us to be able to do this interview no i appreciate you having me back on like i said i hopefully hopefully this isn't the one and only time. Hopefully, we can make this have this conversation a couple more times. Uh, that would be okay. I'm sure you've got some people to thank too. Yes, I do. Um, we've got a really, really good, really good support group on the car. I mean, uh, Gross and Sons Custom Mill works with us for a couple, two, three years now, and he, I mean, they're they're not just a sponsor. He's at the house. He's comes to the racetrack with us. I mean, they're just a just a great little hometown shop. Um, we got a Smuggler's Cove campgrounds. They help us out throughout the year, and then there's a couple uh, Ronnie Geese trucking. Um, just some different guys that, that throw some stuff at us throughout the year and help us out. And then, of course, like my, my family is huge. I mean, my, my, my boy's with me all the time. My wife tries to make it to everything she can. We just had a little baby girl two weeks ago or three weeks ago now, I guess it was. So, I mean, that's kind of slowed her down a little bit, but it's still 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 picking back up. So And then my, my sister and her, her husband are, are awesome. They come, like said, come out to the shop and help. And then um, got a couple couple of kids from UNOH here in town that have kind of latched onto us and they're, they were in the victory lane picture. They've, uh, they're always helping me get the car turned around and keeping things going. What do you think the grand plan is for next year? You got anything lined up for 2021 yet? Uh, not exactly sure. Um, still trying to figure it out. I mean, definitely racing, uh, <laughs> kind of hoping always the hope that Wainfield comes back. I mean, we've heard rumblings of Millstream that just, be nice to race closer to home, uh, be able to have family and friends come see it, experience it with us. But I mean, it, uh, no matter what, we'll be, we'll be fun. We'll be at a racetrack somewhere. All right. Fun question. To end this thing on. We're going to, we're going to shift over to the wing sprint car world for a minute. I'm going to put you on the spot. If I had to give you odds, would you take for Williams Grove this weekend, all the posse, all the outlaws or Kyle Larson? Oh, that's got to be a, that's an easy one. Larson all the way. All the way. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out of limb. I'm going to take the outlaws. I might be wrong. Yeah, he's been, he's been good over there this year. It's hard to, hard to, it's really, it's hard to bet against him anywhere. Yeah, I agree. But I always thought it was kind of a fun question. I contemplated on the way home. I was going to yeah. ask it. It's like, I wonder, took all three, just randomly asked somebody, you wonder what they'd say so and it's about what i expected but anyway. well dustin i really appreciate it hopefully like you said it's not the first or the last time we get to do this and uh best of luck for the rest of the season thank you it was great to have dustin engel featured under much better circumstances this time on tjsideways.com now why are we having jay stein back on some people might ask us back. Sorry, Jay, had to introduce you like that. But in all seriousness, Jay and I have been friends for years, and I've been looking for a really good reason to have him on the podcast. And 
uh, I figured this was a good time. He had a good run on Saturday night, and uh, I wanted to sit down and talk to him for a minute about a second-place finish on Saturday with the Great Lakes Super Sprints at I-96 Speedway. So without further ado, here's Chase Dimeck. Jace Dimeback, you had kind of the tale of two days of polar opposites, basically, between Friday and Saturday, where Friday was kind of like uh, the uh, like just a plethora of problems, and Saturday bounced back to a solid second-place finish. What in the world happened on Friday? Well, Friday night, TJ, I, uh, the, the rear end, either the seal or the bearing went one or the other, but they took each other out and it was just pouring oil out. Um, so right before the heat race Friday night, we, we dumped about three or four quarts in every end, just hoping it would make it the eight laps. And, and it did. So once I, once I, uh, got in, uh, I said, I told the boys, you know, Tim, my, my good buddy and my crew chief, I told him, let's pull the rear end and start, we started ripping it apart. My brother Tyler was there helping and, uh, Ryan just had a bunch of guys there helping us out, and it was kind of nice to have a few extra hands that night. So, yeah, no kidding. Unfortunately, though, it was a pretty short night for you in the non-wing deal, and you've been going good in that, so that'd be a little disappointing because the track was good, and you're probably gonna have a pretty decent run that night. Yeah, I was. I, I was certainly, you know, the the few laps. I think the five or six laps, I was just kind of burning some fuel off and kind of watching what people were doing and taking it easy and. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, it, it just, uh, the way we set these non-wing cars up, we put them a little lower and stuff, so there's a little more brake line kind of hanging out there, and, and I think uh, I think it just kind of touched the brake rotor and, uh, and burned a hole in it, you know, on, I don't know, five, lap five or six, something like that. But, yeah, it was going pretty good. It, the car was hooking. It was starting to pull the front tires off the ground, and, and uh, you know, I think we had to set up Friday night, too. So. And then Saturday night, you bounced back. Was that your career best 360 finish on Saturday at that second place? Yeah. Yep. This year I've had a couple, I've had a handful of top tens. Uh, I think I had one or two top fives, um, you know, just running with these guys. It's, it's hard, man. Uh, you know, you got some of the best 360 guys in, in the Midwest or in, in the States, you know, you got Dustin out there and Phil and, and of course, Jared, you know, he's winning a bunch. So, um, you know, they, they've certainly made me step up my game. Uh, you know, Friday, Saturday night was a really fun night for us. And you, you couldn't make it easy on yourself again on Saturday because you had to come from the tail after a, a cause of caution. Yeah, that was kind of a boneheaded move on my part. You know, I had a really good head of steam getting down into three and four on lap one, and, and uh, you know, I, I dove it down, and, uh, you know, instead of getting up into Dustin, which I'm not going to do, you know, I, I respect those guys enough to, to, you know, stay out of them, and, uh, you know, I kind of got the car up up next to him and, and just had to pinch it off a little bit and couldn't couldn't bring it back around and spun myself out, and uh, thank God nobody nobody got into me, and you know, that was that was what I was most thankful for is is I didn't ruin somebody else's night on that deal. So, and then you just and how did you methodically work your way back up at the front? You know the the funny part about that story, TJ, is I was watching the track. Um, I don't know, it was like seven or eight years ago. I won just an open I ninety six show out there with with a handful of us out there, and uh, I actually I'm not kidding. I went back into the notebook and looked at my notes from that night. And that car was very, very similar to that night. And, uh, you know, it reacted properly. Um, you know, once they put me to the back, you know, I was a little irritated, but I knew I knew I had a fast car. Um, you know, I, I love I-96. I grew up there. I've got thousands of laps there. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I know how to drive it when it gets like that. You got a paper-thin strip around three and four, and one and two was pretty good, so I could drive it in one and two really hard. 
Um, I was making up a lot of room, a lot of, a lot of people, uh, passing a lot of people through, uh, through one and two and three and four, you know, and you got to be really careful because it's paper thin, but coming off of four, you can usually get a pretty good run because they leave a little, little bit of moisture up there for us to grab a hold of. So. And then you just ran out of time to catch the leader, but you were definitely going forward. How good did it feel to have that run, even though that you, you know, it obviously had the caution flag, but to know when that trick sl- track slicks off like that, you can drive at the front. Yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, it, it was really, it was really fun driving, you know, uh, you know, me and me and a couple buddies started trading slide jobs and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I, I was telling people over the weekend that, you know, Sunday, I said, you know, I needed five more laps and I think I certainly had something for Jared. You know, I, I just, the car was really good and, and, you know, watching him, what I could see and now watching the video, I think his car was going away a little bit where mine was really starting to come in. Um, you know, I, I, the, the, the tires were, were sticking good. It was just one of those nights where it was like, nothing was, was going wrong after I, after I had my bonehead 360 on the first lap. So. So now what's the plan for the rest of the year? Are you going to be venturing out anywhere? Or are you about ready to pack it up for the year? You know, there's, there's, there's talk of maybe some more non-wing shows right, right close by. Um, so I, obviously I'm keeping an eye on that. I don't think that's official yet, but, um, you know, just tonight I was uh, cooking dinner, kind of looking to see who's out there. You know, I got, I got some buddies down at Fremont that always want me to come down and, that, and that's always a possibility. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, what is there two or three more races down there yet this year? So that, that's a possibility. I don't think there's anything around here this weekend, but, uh, I see those boys down there running and, and they always make me, make me, uh, humbled a little bit when I go down there and run with them. Just they're, they're that much better. So, but you know, you're not, you're not going to get better by, uh, by running in your own backyard, you got to venture out a little bit and, and make yourself better and run with guys that are going to beat you into the ground a little bit. Yeah, I hear you there. That's that's for sure. So, well, congratulations, man. It was kind of fun to, to see you that on Saturday and see how well you were doing there. And, uh, uh, yeah, hopefully it's a sign of things to come for you. Yeah, I you know, it, it was funny because you you always know when you run good. You know, obviously you finish well, but you jump out of the car and you're met with six, eight people smiling and wide eyes and, you know, my phone starts blowing up and, you know, I had probably 12 messages within an hour after the race. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe what you just did, <laughs> this and that. So that was pretty fun. I, I'm hoping, you know, we, we got some stuff figured out. We're going to put a little more little more under the hood for next year. You know, we're down a little bit. I, I cannot qualify to save my life, and, and I think it's just down on power, but – you know, I got these these momentum shocks for Brad Bennick working good, and and uh, you know, it's just we kind of got some stuff figured out here late this year, and it's of course too bad that it's it's too late in the year, but you know, I got I got pretty good notes on uh, on stuff going into the winter, so hopefully hopefully you might see a, a 10s down in Florida. We'll see, we'll see what happens. We've talked about that a little bit, but we'll see if that ends up happening again here this uh, this next year. All right, Jay. Well, best of luck the rest of the year, and we'll see you down the road. All right, thanks, TJ. That will wrap up this edition of the TJSideways.com podcast. If you enjoyed these interviews and the other material on the site, please subscribe to the, our podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, and now Amazon Music. Most of all, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen, and I look forward to doing it again next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the TJ Slideways podcast.